0: It's so great to have you. We're we're thrilled that you're with us. You you picked a great day to be with us. We are starting a brand new series today entitled Stride, and I believe that it's going to unlock some things in all of us, inspire us, and help us move forward this year, not getting stuck, not struggling, not having a life full of strife, but moving forward at a healthy stride that we can sustain into all that God has for us. When I was a young boy, we used to go to this store called Stride Right. Anybody remember that store, Stride Right? My, there were six kids in our family, and so uh, anywhere we went, it was a bit of a chore. So we hopped in our Dodge Grand Caravan with the faux wood paneling down the side. Says it seats seven, it seats more like four or five comfortably. And so we crammed eight of us in that everywhere we went. It was a joy, let me tell you. And I remember traveling and we'd go to Stride Ride and that was the place where we got some special shoes. We got good shoes. We, we got the shoes that we needed to walk and learn how to walk and all those things. And I remember it was always fun because you would go in and the first thing you had to do was have that really cold metal thing. Go to the bottom, you know, where they measured your foot. And, and I remember terrified of that thing, thinking they're going to pinch my toes and I'm going to slap this man. Like, I just know... It's going to happen, but they would measure your foot and then they would show you what whether you needed a wide foot or a more narrow shoe and they would kind of make sure you got the right shoes on your feet so that you could walk and move with great stability and confidence and you can move, move forward and, and they would help make sure you got fitted correctly for your stride because they wanted you to stride right. They knew that if you could stride correctly, then you would uh, take care of your legs and the bones and everything would go because your feet are the foundation for your life. Uh, that might seem like an obvious statement, but they are the thing that holds you and move you forward, and they wanted to make sure you could stride Right, it was uh, over Christmas time that uh, we didn't hop in the the Dodge Caravan. This time we got in my mom's car. and For Christmas, my mom wanted to take me to this store in Tulsa called Fleet Feet, where they would go and measure your feet uh, with all this cool technology. They would even get you on a treadmill to see how you ran, and they would get you some custom-type shoes that are built for your foot built for how you step. I'm wearing them today. Some of you are peeking, wondering, yes, that's right, I am rocking those custom shoes for me. Now, they're not custom made just for me, but they're custom in the sense that they are the right kind of shoe that I need. We got inserts, and I mean, I got a whole email list of like how my feet works and how big and where I instep and how flat-footed I am, and it's just really interesting information that we have that now I've got to help me know like how, I, how, how my stride is, how my foot moves. And one of the things that I discovered while talking with these experts at this shoe store was that for my entire life, I had been striding incorrectly when I ran. All of the sports that I played, All the way from a young person, all the way. All of these years, these 36 years of existence of my life. Some of you are like, 36? You've had a hard life. (laughs) No, really, I promise. And for all of my life, apparently, I've been running incorrectly. The strides that I've been taking have been wrong i've learned, uh, as I was talking with the experts, that I have been overstriding my entire life i 've been striding beyond what I was designed to stride, and that 's why i've experienced some of the problems with my knees and ankles and and i haven 't had the right support in my shoes for how I need to Stride. How I need to move. I wonder how many of us have in our spiritual lives been striding wrong for all these years. I wonder how many of us in our marriages we've just been over striding. And in our work pursuits we've been over striding. And there's been unhealth and there's been dysfunction and there's been pain that has unnecessarily been a part of our story all because of. We've been striding wrong the whole time. And I think that uh, through this series, my hope is that we can really establish some of the best practices, both spiritually and practically, so that in your life, you can stride right and move forward. So that you can stride in a way that you can sustain the pace that you're going. So that you can move in a direction that is right. See, here's what I know that for, for a lot of us, when it comes to the stride of our lives, we we tend to sprint a lot. You sprint a lot. You, you start real fast. You've got an opportunity to do something and you just sprint right ahead. You just keep sprinting. You can sprint, 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 sprint. You go as hard, as fast as you can, as fast as you can. And you go all in, all out, all the time. Always max effort and you're going, going, going. But what you end up finding is that you burn out real quickly. And so while you have a lot of excitement, it fizzes out really fast. And you go to church and you have an experience and you're like, yes, this is amazing. But you cannot sustain that through the course of your life. And what you have found is that your stride and your movements forward move forward really fast, but they are unsustainable. They are unsustainable for you. Some of you are, are more sporadic in your spirituality and in your relationships and maybe even in your finances. You're sporadic. You, you, you go for a little while, but then you stop. You're, you're kind of running these intervals all the time. You do really well for a little while. You're feeling great, but then you, you kind of slow down and you stop altogether. And your pace and your, your cadence all begins to change. And when you get into that sporadic season where maybe you're going to church for a while, everything is great, you're in the Word, you did these 40 days of prayer, it's been great. Then you've got a couple kids that get sick. And then the next day, uh, the next weekend, you're like, I don't know, I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure if the weather's going to cooperate, I think I'll just stay home. And then the next week it's like, ah, oh, you know what, it's kind of nice to sleep in on Sundays. I've got some extra chores, I'm going to take care of those. Ah, oh, you know what, the kids have got some softball stuff and soccer stuff. And ah, oh, it's Sunday, let's just chill. And I mean, no reason. I mean, they haven't missed me. Nobody's called me. I just going to go ahead and stop altogether. And so we start and we stop and 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 we start reading the word and we stop reading the word and we start and we stop and we start and we stop. And most of us in our spiritual lives, like many other things, it's just up and down, up and down, up and down. And what ends up happening is that we open the door to shame in our lives. And we feel so ashamed that we couldn't keep it going, that the diet that we started, we stopped already. And the New Year's resolutions that we were so committed to, all of a sudden those have stopped in our lives. And we feel this sense of shame, and so we bail on it altogether. And that's not the right way to stride in your life. Some of us, it's not really about sprinting or sporadic. Some of you, you you just started in your spiritual journey, and all of a sudden, all you know is it just seems like it is such a struggle. It's like you're going uphill no matter which direction you go. Like you started to make a couple positive changes and you moved in the right direction, but it seems like everything in your life, the bottom just has completely fallen out. And for every two steps forward, you feel like you're taking seven steps backwards and and you just feel like it's a constant struggle. And when you feel like all you're doing is struggling, it's always tempting just to stop all together. And then some of us, we come to a place in our lives where we say, you know what? No, I made a commitment. I made a decision. I'm going to grit it. I'm going to go. And we just said, no matter what, I'm going to make this happen. And we find ourselves not really striding forward, but we find ourselves striving in our own strength. And we're going to do whatever it takes, and we're going to make it happen, and we're going to say what we need to say, and we're going to do this, and we're just going to... and the problem is we end up with more strife in our life, all because we're striving in our own strength. None of those are the way to move forward in your spiritual life. None of those are the right stride and rhythm that you want to have When it comes to your finances, none of those are the strategies and the patterns and the stride that you want to hit when it comes to your work ethic. None of those are the stride that God has designed for your life, but we end up striding in that way. As we start this new series, I want to kind of give you a heads up on a couple things. they, They say that there are four key components to a healthy running stride. Four components to a healthy running stride, and we're going to unpack these each week a little bit and kind of use the metaphor of running to correlate and apply to our spiritual lives. Some of you are like, I don't want to run, Pastor. (laughs) Running is not my thing. I'm out on this. No, I promise by the end of this series, it's not like you're going to be running marathons and ready to run a 5K. No, we're not going to force you to do any of those things. Because I know some of you, you know that if you're running, it's because you're out of bullets and something's chasing you. That's the only reason you ever run. I get it. But they say that there are four components to a healthy stride, and I have found that those same four components are true of your spiritual life. So we're going to use this parallel, and the four of them are this. It's alignment, posture, stability, and strength. Alignment, posture, stability, and strength. And I want to talk... A little bit today on this idea of alignment. Because when we get in alignment, we can stride right. And I believe God's word has a lot to say about how we stride forward in our spiritual lives. How we stride forward in the relationships that matter most to us. How we stride right. How we stride forward in alignment has a big role to play in that. If you're you're taking notes, I want you to write this thought down. And and we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12 and read some scripture this morning. Here's the first thought that I have for you as it relates to striding right. And that's this. You have to understand that we are running a race. We are running a race. Life, your spiritual life, all of the components of your life, it is like running a race. It is like running a race. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read verse 1 this morning. Just one verse to kind of get us off and running, no pun intended. This morning... Hebrews 12, verse 1. This is what the the word of the Lord says. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. Everybody say, hinders. And the sin that entangles. Everybody say, entangles. Let us throw off everything that hinders and all of the sin that easily entangles us. And let us run. Everybody say, "run." run. Let us run with perseverance The race marked out for us. The apostle or the author of Hebrews is writing and saying, listen, you are in a race. You're in a race. Your spiritual life, it is a race. It's a race that requires endurance to make it to the end. It's a race that requires you to keep your eyes fixed firmly on Jesus so that you can move in a direction that says, I'm growing closer to Jesus so that I can get to where I want to go. And that's to have this life-giving relationship with God. That's to spend eternity in heaven and to get there in a way and to live this life, to run this race in a way that brings honor and glory to God. But, but we are in a race and your race has been marked for you. Your race is marked for you. My race is marked for me. You've got to run your race. You can't run My race. I can't run your race. Teenagers, your parents can't run your race of faith. You have to run your race. And it is a race already marked out for you. It's a race that's marked out in a way that helps you know where you're going. It's a race, it's been marked out in a way that gives you clear directions as to what turn to take and what turns not to take. Come on, God has marked out some things for your life, for your spiritual journey, for your relationships. He set some markings in place so that you know the course that you need to go on. Some of us just feel like we've been wandering around out of place, not sure where we're running. Some of us have been so consumed with comparing our race to somebody else's race that we've missed our own markings. And we get caught up with what our friends say about our race. We get caught up with what other people say the real issue is and what the real struggle is in our marriage. And you start listening to these voices and those voices are really the wrong voices. The voice you need to be listening to is the voice of the Holy Spirit. You need to be listening to God himself because he's the one that's marked out your race. He's the one that's marked out this relationship. Some of us are so upside down in our finances and we can't figure out how to move forward. And, and we're trying to get all of the advice and we're trying to use all of our goodwill. And we're trying to, to buckle down and, and really, really do good with our spending. And all it's doing is creating more strife because we're striving rather than finding the right stride to run the race that God has marked out for us. And we're not living by biblical principles when it comes to our finances. You have to resist the temptation to compare your race to somebody else's race. It is your race. It's your race. Now, what that doesn't mean is that just because it's your race and I've got my race, let's just run our own races and we don't really get to say anything as it relates to other people's races. We have a tendency in our society today to say, this is my belief. This is how I want to live my life. You live your life. I'll live my life. Keep your nose on your face (laughs) and out of my business, right? Like we have this tendency, don't get me wrong. It may be your race, but your race impacts my race. How you live your life impacts how I live my life. How you're working and the stride that you go out, it impacts other people around you. So while it is uniquely your race, there are some things that are marked that we're all having to follow according. There may be a different pace that you run at than I run out, but there's still a pace that you've got to run at nonetheless. And we can't live in isolation in so much of our own individualism. That we miss out on the fact that your race actually does impact my race. It actually impacts the people around you. It impacts your family. It impacts generations to come. It impacts your other classmates. Your race matters to other people. And you might be sitting there thinking, No, I'm in a race. I'm in a rat race, Pastor. I feel like, I feel like this is just some weird cosmic experience that God's sitting up there like laughing hysterically at some people who are doing well and other people. And I feel like this whole race is pointless. It's just some weird experiment that some supreme deity put together. Listen, this isn't a rat race. This is a race of faith. And you may not know all of the purposes of all of the turns and all of the things that are marked for your race. But trust me, God is up there cheering for you to finish this race. There is a point to this race. But nor is this the amazing race. Have you guys ever seen that TV show? Right? Where these groups of people pair off in teams, and they race across the globe, chasing after clues and all sorts of things. And what's interesting is, in the Amazing Race, there's all sorts of character deficiencies that show up, isn't it? Isn't that true? Like, the more pressure these people get in, the crazier and better TV it is, to be honest. Because we can sit back and look at them and be like, man, these people are messed up. Oh, I could solve that problem, right? And we put ourselves in comparison to that. This isn't the amazing race where we're trying to win some uh, prize to impress other people. It's not some competition to do it better than somebody else. No, no, you have a race. It's marked for you, and it's a race of faith. It's a race to to, to have a life that says, God, I want to honor you with everything that's in me, but your race is going to require you to get rid of things that hinder your race? What is it that's hindering you from running your race? Recently, I started running more frequently with uh, someone in our church, and we we go a couple times a week, and uh, I go, I run, I sweat really hard, I breathe real heavy, and he's just like, this is his easy off day. These guys run marathons in Colorado with elevation changes that like just thinking about make me like. (sighs) But I'm so thankful that we've been running because I've been learning a lot from him about how to run my race. I've been learning from his race so I know how to run my race. I've been learning from his stride so that I can develop my stride. And one of the things that I learned that has hindered me over the years is that I dress too much. I wear too much clothing when I run. I have a tendency to put on too many layers, and the more miles I go, those layers begin to hinder my ability to stride at the same pace. So I've had to learn how to dress differently. This is a more appropriate attire to go running on a day like today. Put some gloves on and a hat on and away we go. But I've had to learn how to take off the things that I want to naturally put on because those things that may naturally seem like I need to wear are actually going to hinder my ability to move forward. What are the things in your life, in your, in your life, in your spiritual journey that you think, oh, I need, to, I need to put on this and I need to look this way and I need to dress this part and I need to put this on in my life and I need to act like this is all good and all right and, and then I can run my, run my race. But those things are just hindering you. Some of you have sinned in your heart and in your life that has tripped you up. And every time you move forward, you feel like you fall right back down. You move forward and you just fall right back down. And there are some habits and patterns and you're harboring some bitterness and unforgiveness in your life and it has created a stumbling block for you and you can't seem to stay on your feet. And your relationships can't go forward because they're always falling down. And you've got to learn how to get rid of and remove those things out of your life so that you can run your race, so that you can stride right. And when you find the right stride, you can move forward with everything that God has for you. Here's the second thought that I really want us to understand. Not only are we in a race, but we need to run with a God honoring purpose. If you are running a race and you are currently running in a way that is not God honoring in its purpose, you're running the wrong race. You're running the wrong race. You might be trying to obtain something, but if it's not God honoring at its core, you're going to end up feeling like life has no purpose or point because you started from the wrong place. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 says this, Then the Lord replied, Write the vision, write the revelation, and make it plain. Put it on tablets so that they can run with it. Write the purpose, write the meaning, write it down as plain as possible so that people can hear it, grab a hold of it, and run with it. Some of us have grabbed a hold of the wrong purposes in our lives. We're we're trying to get somewhere first, and that's not the goal. We're trying to get there with more stuff in our lives and accumulate riches and wealth. God's not a pro- God doesn't have a problem with your prosperity. God wants to bless you. God wants to see you do well in life. But if the purpose of your entire race is to get more stuff, you're running the wrong race for the wrong reasons. Sometimes we, we live with this desire to experience everything that we can possibly experience. I just want to experience more and more and more and more. Have life experiences. And so we bail on common consistency so that we can run and chase after fun experiences. And why we might get a lot out of life, we're going to be missing the richness of the purpose of God that's found in the consistency of our lives. We're trying to give it our all, but we're just ending up with more strife in our lives. Some of us are like, hey, I just want to be famous, actually. I mean, we don't really want to say it out loud, but like we want our social media and our YouTube channel. We just want to take it out. We want to be famous. Like that's, That is the purpose. I want to be known. I want to be somebody. I think it was... Dr. Martin Luther King, who said, we can't all be famous, but we all can be great. And in this month of Black History Month that we celebrate here in our country, I think it would be appropriate for us to take a minute and to say there are some things that are just more important than other things. There are certain character things that are just more important than your opinion. And there are certain things in our lives and in the society that we live in that are really honoring to God and some that are really not. And if it's not going to help point people, all people, to Jesus, you probably ought not say it. It might be politically what you believe, but it is not proper according to the word of God. And I think we've got to run a race in a way that says we want to run with a God-honoring purpose in everything that we do, in everything that we say, in everything that we represent. We want to do it in a way that honors god but we've got to do it in a way that it's clear understandable so that we can grab it and run with it as a church we have a motto around here something that we say often and we say this motto again and again because it is at the core of as simple of of a purpose as we can understand this is this is as simple as it gets for us we want to bring faith to life that's it why do we exist as a church to bring faith to life We want to bring the faith that God has given to us into our lives in a way that it is alive to the people around us. Everywhere we go, every conversation that we have, every interaction that we take, we want to bring faith with us and we want to bring it alive in such a way that people live and see Jesus through our lives. We want to bring faith to life. Listen, if the purpose of your life isn't plain, it's not very easy to run with. As a church, we're wanting to make it as plain as possible so that as many people as possible can run with it. So that as many people as possible can get a hold of it and have something spark in their life and say, hey, let's run in this direction. Let's go after this. We want our purpose to be plain. As a church, we have some plain language that we use to help us hit our stride as a church and to move forward as a church. There, there are three words that we use to, to really help us move forward in our purpose to bring faith to life. It's it's the word belong, become, and build. Will you say those three with me? Belong, become, and build. What do we want you to do as a part of this church? Three things. We want you to belong, we want you to become a disciple. And we want you to build the kingdom of God. It's as plain as we can make it. And if we can belong, if we can become, if we can build, then we together will bring faith to life in our our community around us. It's as simple and as plain as we can make it because we all want to run in the proper direction. What does it look like to belong? When you belong somewhere, you know that you can bring friends with you. When you belong to a family, you've made a commitment. We We want every person to make a commitment to follow Jesus. Listen if you've never been water baptized and you've made a commitment to follow Jesus or maybe you've made a renewed commitment to following Jesus I want to challenge you before you leave today go to the next step counter sign up for water baptisms that's happening next Sunday We want all of you to, to to do that to to really belong to the family of God in a way that says I'm bringing friends because they're going to love this and I'm going to make a decision to follow Jesus and we want to go public with those things We want you to become a disciple we, we want to help you take steps in a way to help you always grow in your faith. And one of the, the starting points for us here as a church is something that we call Catch the Vision. It's a class that we do every other month on the third Sunday of the month, provide lunch and child care to help you understand what we're doing as a church so that you can run with it and we together can become more like Jesus bringing faith to life. We want to be on the same page. As a church, we have a race that we are running. It's our race. We're not running the race of another church. We're not running the race of another denomination. We're not running the race of another group. We're running our race. God has an assignment on this house. And we're going to do everything we can to be God-honoring with that assignment. We're going to keep that purpose playing. We we want you to to, to really become a disciple, and, and it means that you're going to choose community. Listen, these connect groups aren't going to choose you. You're going to have to make a choice and choose to commit to one. I mean, somebody might invite you, and I hope they have. But at the end of the day, if you're living your spiritual journey by yourself, you will not run as far or as effectively unless you find some other people to run together. One of the blessings of having it on calendar every Monday and every Wednesday that I go running with this gentleman is because it's on the calendar and I have to choose that community. There are some days I I don't want to choose it, like when it's icy out. I don't want to choose it on that day. But we're going to choose it anyway. We're going to show up and be in each other's lives and run together the, the race that's marked out for us. Finding that encouragement. Some of you need to make a commitment to to choose community. We want to build the kingdom of God. We want you to take a step and give generously and join the movement and join the mission, and participate on a serve team. This is not a church where you will be comfortable as a consumer. This is a church that is commissioning every believer to carry the mission of Jesus everywhere we go. If you're looking for the church to program your spiritual life, you will want to find another church because this one isn't it. But if you're looking to join the mission, if you're looking to contribute and be a part of something that's life-giving for the world around you, if you're willing to carry a message to say, everywhere I go, I'm bringing my faith. If you want to be commissioned to live a life like that, this is a place where you know you can really begin to thrive and see that happen. But we have an assignment as a church. We are on movement and on purpose. We want to have, and as a church, we believe that God has given us an assignment and we want to be God honoring with that assignment. What about your life? What is the God honoring purpose in your life? Have you just been running a rat race? Have you been running an amazing race trying to gain fame and acclaim, and, and help be, feel like some need inside of your life? If you have been struggling to find significance? Maybe it's time to run the race that God's marked out for you. Maybe it's time to start running the race that God's designed for you. Maybe it's time to make some sacrifices and to surrender some things. Maybe it's time to reorient your life and say, God, what is it in my life that is not God-honoring? How can I make it more God-honoring? And run the race that He has marked out for you. It's a custom race. Marked for you on how he wants to navigate you from A to B to C to D, all the way through the twists and the turns of your life. Here's really the last thing that I want to say today. Last thought is this. As it relates to running, as it relates to stride, Right as it, as it relates to finding the right stride in your faith, in your spiritual journey, in your life. Here's the, here's the last thing. Your purpose should focus on who more than do. I heard this phrasing from Pastor Craig Rochelle earlier this year, and it's just resonated in me, and I couldn't find a better way to say it than how he said it, so I'm just stealing his phrase. Your stride, your purpose in your race should be focused and should major more on who more than your do. It should focus more on who you're becoming rather than what you're doing. It should focus more on who Jesus is in your life than what you do to impress Jesus with your life. It has to focus more on who than do. It has to focus more on who than do. And that that really brings us to the church in Galatia. And for the remainder of this series, uh, we're really going to study and look at the book of Galatians in the New Testament. A lot of the principles and the things that we're going to discover as it relates to stride, right? To striding in a way that is aligned with God's purpose. It's really going to come as we look at this church in Galatia. See, See, this church, they were... They were more about the do than they were about the who. They were more about creating a list of calisthenic things that they did as Christ followers rather than allowing Christ to be fully transformed in their life. They were focused more on trying to decide if somebody else had the light rather than creating space for the light to grow in their own life. They were more concerned with the speck that they saw in other people's eyes than they were with the plank that was in their own eye. See, the church in Galatia, they they focused more on the do than on the who. And when you get the do more important than the who, you will trip yourself up again and again and again. They were all about creating this external pressure to strive ahead. It was all about religious duty. It was all about trying to impress people with how their life appeared rather than to surrender their life to the Lord. As a church, if we're going to move forward this year, it's because we're going to hit a stride that is full of grace. It's going to be a stride that moves in a way that helps us become who God wants us to be rather than to do something impressive for God. It's going to be because we allow Jesus to really get a hold of our life and to move forward. See, we have a tendency to strive outwardly but God is after our surrender inwardly. And if you're striving more than you're surrendering, friends, you're in danger of hitting the wrong stride. If you're trying to be something on the outside that hasn't really transpired and transformed you on the inside, you'll miss the mark and you'll run off course. In Galatians chapter 1, Paul is writing, and I want to look at two verses as we come to a close. He says this, he says, I am astonished that you, church, are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ. And you're turning to a, to a different gospel altogether. What, what started as good news has now become an impressive news. If you're trying to be impressive rather than grabbing a hold of the good grace of God, you're missing and confusing the message. He goes on to say in verse 10, am am I now trying to to win the approval of human beings or, or of God? Am I really trying to please people? He says, if I were still trying to please people, I couldn't be a servant of Christ. Friends, we can't try and please people and really be surrendered to Christ. If your race is more about being impressive. And counting to make sure people know that you were at church. And you've done the good things. And that everything's not as bad as it really seems. And you're trying to keep a picture together on the outside. But yet you're still broken. And hurting. And crushed. And there's so much shame. And strife. And striving. And struggle. And struggle. We have to be willing to take that and surrender it to Jesus. And he gives us this great exchange and it's called grace. It's called grace. I love that word that he uses there in Galatians 1 where he says, I called you out. It's the Greek word kaleo, which means I'm summoning you to participate in God's kingdom. Church family, hear me very clearly. You will find your stride when you realize that you are being summoned by the king to participate in the God in God's kingdom. If you are sitting rather than striding and serving, you're missing the opportunity of your calling. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are called, you are summoned to participate in the kingdom of God. You are summoned and you are called to bring faith with you everywhere you go. It's not a check-in on Sundays, I've got my spiritual day. Monday through Saturday, that's my day. I I live that how I want. No, it's about living in a way that says, God, I'm honoring you every day of the week, every moment of the day, every night when we're at home behind closed doors. We're going to do it in a way that honors God with everything that we've got. And when we do that, we find ourselves striding, right? It's a summons to participate. It's a summons to really just practice following Jesus. It's not a performance, friends. It's a practice. It's not about the externals. Some of you have, have really struggled to pay attention to this message because you're trying to get over the fact that a pastor is preaching in sweatpants. That is not okay. Okay. That is not God honoring. We bring God our best and we look our best. And it's this, this external exercise that God says, that's just profane to me. That doesn't matter. Sure. We want to bring God our best. Yes. We want to honor God. To be honest, I'm a little uncomfortable up here. I know I look really comfortable, but y'all, I, I, I grew up in an environment where I wore like a suit coat every Sunday. It was like part of the job description. You had to wear one. So I get it. Come back next week. I'll, I'll probably be wearing sweats next week too. I don't know yet. We'll see. Here's what I know. So we have to understand God's grace in a way that we no longer live manipulated by shame and we're no longer controlled by sin. We we have to have the power to live by God's standards so that we can see His strength show up and sustain us with every stride and step we take. How do we do that? Come back next week and we'll talk about one more way how you can stride in the right way. But here's what I know you can hit the right stride when you take steps of faith. Sustained by grace and have a standard with the strength of the Spirit of God in your life. This week, let's start really simple with our strides. Let's just do one thing this week. I want to challenge everybody to do one thing this week. Every day, read one chapter in the book of Galatians. Six chapters. Every day, just one chapter. Some of you, that's going to be a stretch and you're going to feel like, man, I I haven't run like this before. It's going to be a bit of a stretch. I want you to take a step. Stride out of your comfort zone. Some of you, you're going to have to resist the religion inside of you to say, one chapter, I got got to read at least seven. Like I'm not even saved if I'm not reading seven. Some of you, it's going to be a struggle to simplify your faith. That's the point. Because it's not about your external behavior before the Lord. It's about your surrender to God. And when you surrender, you'll begin to stride. Right, one chapter a day for the next four weeks. There's a, something I read this week as it relates to improper striding of a runner. And one of the improper strides they've categorized as the cheerleader syndrome. The cheerleader syndrome is this, that you're kicking your heels up Too high when you run. Because, you know, cheerleaders, they just, yeah, yeah. Uh, We're going to strike that from the recording. (laughs) And they say that your heels should never be that far from the ground for a sustained period of time. You don't need to kick your heels up and your legs up really high like a cheerleader because you are wasting your energy. It looks really impressive on the outside. It looks like you're working really hard. It looks like you're, you're really, sh- you're running good. But you're actually wasting your energy. Friends, is your spiritual life wasting a lot of energy because you're trying to make it look really good on the outside? Come on. Are you trying to make it look real impressive? Are you trying to make it look like you're putting a lot of effort? you Are trying to make it look like you're doing something, but on the inside, you're really just wasting your energy and you're not being efficient in your time with the Lord? You're not actually surrendering to the Lord? You're not actually moving forward? You're just kind of running in place again and again and again. It's time to find our right stride. Now try to be impressive on the outside, but find the right way, the right energy into the right things. And that's that's when we... Are focused more on who than on the do. When we focus more on who we're becoming in God, who we're allowing Jesus to transform, who we are in our character that says, I'm gonna get rid of the sin and I'm gonna get rid of the other unnecessary things that are distracting my life, I'm just gonna get rid of those things so that I can run my race that's marked out for me. I'm gonna run my race. Listen, you don't have to struggle in a system of spirituality that suffocates the life out of you. We can have a vibrant faith and a vibrant life that's sustainable. You can have that. I can have that. And it comes when we allow God's purposes to become our purpose. When we're willing to surrender enough and stride his way. Would you pray with me today? Father, we thank you that you're with us. Lord, we thank you for your word that's speaking to us. We thank you, Lord, that you are illuminating some truth in such a way, God, that you're maybe setting some free, us free a little bit. Lord, some of us have been so consumed with trying to do the right things on the outside that we're not actually surrendering on the inside. Lord, may we be more focused on who than we are on do. And Lord, may we commit to doing something as simple as just reading a little bit every day to get this message of grace and understanding of finding the right stride aligned by your purposes. Church, if you're here today and you say, the Lord's been speaking to me today, I know I need to align some things in my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to read one chapter. I'm going to get into it one, one a day. I, I'm willing to commit. If, if that's you and you say, yeah, I'm willing to commit to that this week, would you just put a hand in the air just by way of sealing this moment and saying, God, no, I will. I'll do it. I'll do it. Lord, thank you so much for those hands. You can put those down while we're still all in this moment of prayer, church family, if you're here and those that are here in the sound of my voice, whether listening or watching online, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, if you're running your own race and you haven't allowed him to be the Lord of your life to mark your race, if you've never surrendered your life and you've never been saved and you've never experienced that unconditional love and you just feel so full of shame because of sin and You didn't even think that you could show up today, but you're here anyways, and you're in the sound of my voice, and you know you need and you desire to follow after Jesus, to make a commitment to turn your life over to Him and to follow after Him. If you're here and you'd say, yes, I'd like to receive the gift of salvation. I want to give my life to Jesus. Would you just put a hand up in the air real quick? We're looking around. We're not going to take long. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Thank you so much. Hands are are going up. Thank you. Thank you. Church family, can we all pray this together? Everybody out loud. Say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to us. God, we ask that you would save us We put our faith in Jesus. Lord, we declare that you are the Lord of our lives. Not our way, but your way. You're the son of God who died for us, paid the price for our sin. We receive your forgiveness, your salvation. Today, I am a child of God. Loved by you in your family. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise and honor. Amen. Come on, church. Can we thank the Lord?